Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, here today with me is my very special guest, Johanna Lynn, who is going to be sharing with us how our lives are intertwined with our parents' experiences, and even grandparents, and if you want to get really woo and like really out there, because it all really does play a part, great, great grandparents, we're really just talking about ancestry. And as much as like my hair color has been passed down from my daddy, so has my temperament in many ways. It's a real thing, y'all, redheads. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the ins and outs of this. And yes, some of those things that we've received from our ancestors, we so want to treasure and hold on to. And some of that shit we want to let go of. So Johanna's going to be here to really talk about that with us. To tell you a little bit about her, she is the founder of the Family Imprint Institute with an international private practice. She offers training to coaches, therapists, and counselors to support them in understanding the impact that unresolved aspects within the family system have on the challenges they are seeking to resolve today, and she even works with individuals to make sure they get the care and support that they need, too. 
Johanna, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Oh, it's great to be here, Rachel. Nice to have this time with you. Yeah, thank you. So one of the things that I'd like to just start off with is you telling us a little bit more about you. You know, what's your journey been like and how did your interest in epigenetics and generational trauma really come to be? You know, I think even as a kid, I was fascinated why people do the things they do, you know, and then as I got a little older, why do we fall in love with the people we do? Why are certain habits maybe harder to break away from than others? I've always just had this natural curiosity. And I guess up a little over 20 years ago, my journey led me into becoming a massage therapist. And so I would get to work with these amazing clients that might come once a week or once a month, but at any rate, we were developing a relationship. And I really got to learn what they were holding in their body, you know, mm. that lower back pain or mm -hmm. the, the left knee that kept, you know, bunging up on them. Yeah. It had more to do with, say, the job they wanted to get out of but couldn't seem to find the courage or the marriage they kept complaining about but would still get stuck in the same arguments. And so I was really, you know, came across, as luck would have it, I crossed paths with one of my most influential teachers, and it sort of really encouraged me to learn about epigenetics, this family imprint. And it all kind of came together that none of us get to be the way we are by accident. Mm. And it's just been a, a real love affair since then, this idea of kind of being a detective I love my that. clients. Yeah, yeah me why. too. I oh. so dig it. I so dig it. Yeah, similarly, always mm -hmm. fascinated by how do we become who we are, why and how, and then when we want to shift or change something, what do we do about that? Now, could you give us like maybe the kindergarten version of an explanation for like what is epigenetics? So for anyone who's listening who maybe hasn't heard that word or term or isn't familiar with this idea. Yeah. So our DNA, we all know that sort of the package of information we receive from our parents. This sort of sets up our hair color, eye color, all that good stuff. Epigenetics refers more to the environment that those cells are expanding in. And so the environment of our family really shapes perceptions. It even has so much to do about what are we stressed about? How is our anxiety level? How safe do we feel in the world? So epigenetics is how the DNA is sort of responding to our environment. Mm, I love that. One of the things that I found really fascinating as I was reading and learning more about this topic is when I started to think of it a little bit like these light switches, right? And like we might, our DNA might hold a code for very particular like things. Um, and some of them, when we're born, they're just on, like it's there, it's on. But then in our environment, if we come into a very specific experience, we have a, something happens, then it can flip that switch that otherwise might have just remained in the off position, if you will. Oh, Is a that a, a fair way, way to, to think it. about it? Oh, I love that metaphor. And what's beautiful about this healing work, we can literally switch off some of those more negative things. That. Yes. Yes, Joanna. Yes. <laughs> that right there. <laughs> okay, so that's the done. But y'all, you're not stuck with that on switch. You can switch that back off. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's really good news. Because I know when I first started reading about epigenetics, I was like, oh, no, like, there can be a real sense of like, uh oh, like, I'm now stuck with something. It's irreversible. But actually, there's a lot that we can do to address that. So I'm excited to get into that. Mm -hmm. 
Before we get to that, though, let's talk about a little bit about why this is so important. You know, there's this little line between, you know, uh, in psychology, it's always your mother. (laughs) (laughs) How many jokes are about that, right? Oh, my God. And it's so bad. What about the dad? Come on, y'all, or the caregiver, whatever. But it is so very true that, you know, our lives are intertwined. Um, we're living in this environment with what, whoever our caregivers are, are creating this environment. And that is very much formed and influenced by their own lived experiences, their history, and then so on and so forth, all the way through our family tree. So talk with us a little bit more about like how we are, can be impacted. What are some of the specific ways that we can be impacted um, by the experiences of our ancestors. So let's use a pretty charged example. You know, let's say we've got a grandfather who was in a war-torn country or who became a prisoner of war and came home irrevocably changed. He's just not the same person. This creates a change inside of him. So now our father didn't have any war experience but lives as if he did the epigenetics that is shared that is very much passed down in the chromosome becomes a part of our biology is living in our father therefore when our life comes along it's a part of us and so where this gets challenging is let's say we're living in a super safe community we've got you know we're, there's no war elements around us but we live with a hypervigilance because it lives in us as if it happened to us so the reference points around things like, I don't know, fireworks or um, your fire truck, you know, the alarms going off there, our nervous system responds to that completely differently. Hmm. Or if one of our grandparents or parents grew up in poverty, there's this place of no matter how much money we may feel, okay, I'm comfortable, I'm safe, I'm secure, there's always a sense of that rug's going to get pulled out from under me. Or this feeling of there's never quite enough clients or therefore money in the bank. And so we're always sort of chasing this feeling of enoughness. So it can come in all kinds of different forms. But that's why I joked about the detective piece. We're kind of looking for in the family tree, where does this make sense? Mm. This anxiety, this depression, this maybe even lack of self-love. How does this fit? And then what can we begin to do to unravel that? So if I'm understanding correctly, so we take a person who lives through a trauma, let's just, we'll generalize to a trauma. And in the course of that, experiencing that trauma, this changes their DNA, right? And then behaviorally, they become, their nervous system changes. And even the way that the brain may be wired or the way that the brain is responding to the environment. So it is a great example of somebody who's been in war because they come back back to um, their hometown and, you know, loud sounds can set off the system because the brain is still activated by that stimuli. Yeah. And so then that person has a child. And so on the, we're passing along the DNA on the DNA level, but then also the way that that person models things for the child. So it's all of this, that the beautiful forever, ever ongoing conversation of nature, nurture, right? And so we've got the epigenetics set up such a way, but it also has to do with the way that the parent maybe even models or shows up in times of like stress or anxiety. Do you agree with that? Do you think that's right? Or is it such an important part here? So important. 
because healing really comes down to how we make sense of what happened to us. Yeah. Likely so many of your listeners, it's just simply not okay what happened, that capital P trauma. Yeah. There's no way to, you know, soften that. This is what we're dealing with. So now it's how do we make sense of it that often helps us to get through that healing journey because then it changes how it sits in our body as that reference point mm-hmm. and at the end of the day how it's then passed along to our children. Amazing. This reminds me a little bit of uh, what Dan Siegel talks about in his book, Mindsight. Um, and I won't go into a lot of the details, but the final beat of this book has everything to do with the fact that as we are living our lives and we're beginning to heal, right, such that we are changing our behaviors, our reactions, our responses. It's not just behavioral change. It's not just like emotional capacity. Like we literally are changing our brain and changing our nervous system. And then if we choose to have children, I would argue that you don't even have to have biological children, that it could be even just children that you are parenting, but that you then are passing that new DNA down. And so I love this idea. Like, yes, we can have generational trauma, but we can also have generational growth and healing um, when there's a point of inflection, right? There's a point where that generational trauma becomes intercepted because somebody along the line does something different. Is that right? right. Yeah. That's it. Generational resilience, you know? Resilience. I I love that. Generational resilience. I love it. I think we're so quick to look at what went wrong and what do we need to do about that. And we have to equally hold what went right and who came through the fire, kind of like the phoenix rising, Mm, you know? And mm -hmm. it's incredible to keep our eye on that, too. This for me brings up an, another really profound piece of the puzzle. And it's, you know, when I'm in the Beyond Surviving program, there's a lot of work that we have to do to start to be able to get this perspective. But, you know, when people are have experienced trauma and they haven't had any support or healing, then people are going to keep doing what they've always done. Yeah. And so when we look at a parent who experienced some sort of trauma, and then they were aggressive, they were abusive, they were violent. Um, That's the extreme end of the case, but it can be also things just like neglect, abandon, all of it matters, all of it matters. But the point being is that we potentially can start to have a little bit of perspective about that. We'll hold people very much accountable still, but understand that without intervention, People can't do something different. I guess where I'm going with that is oftentimes people will say things like, well, they should have known better. Like they went through that experience, so they should have known like what it was like and what it was going to feel like and the impact it was going to have and, and why it wasn't okay. But that's actually only true if that person has received some sort of healing and perspective about their trauma. Does that make sense to you? I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a a big part of the healing movement from this approach to Mm -hmm. begin to build compassion and understanding that this element we talk about a lot is hurt people end up hurting people. This familiar cycle of pain just gets recycled. And although we should think, well, I was that person, why would I go and harm someone that way? It's just human nature. It it sounds funny to say that, but until we have committed to that healing work, built that self-awareness, really began to heal the deepest parts, that making sense of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that's not able to happen, 
we tend to go back into the familiar as dysfunctional as that might be. Yeah. And even if we look at our parents' and it can generation. Feel, if, oh, yeah. I, and I was it, just, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> We're both so excited about this topic. We just can't. We just can't, y'all. That's right. <laughs> I want to add some more. Um, this piece about in our parents' generation, people like you and I weren't really readily available. Or even a Psychology okay. Today Most magazine, definitely. you know, yeah. on the waiting room table. 100%. That this is just more, this thing happened to me, I stuff it deeper into my yeah. body and I yeah. just keep up. Yeah. Instead of saying, I can't function like this anymore, I need to call on some support to help me through this. That just gave me chills because I think this additional layer of compassion and understanding that it's not always that people have the resources, they just chose not to do anything about it, to just be continue being how they were being, that literally for many generations, there wasn't anything. And the model was deal with it, put on a strong face, stuff it down. We've got other things to do, right? This idea of self-actualization is in many ways very new, particularly to Western culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So um, I think the only point I was going to add riffing off of what we were just talking about is I think there is a point of challenge here, which is, you know, to do this work means you have to start owning your life. Mm -hmm. There has to be a transition from the place of like, well, like, it was because of my mom, it's because of my dad, it's because of my sister, right? Like the external, right, um, causes that are very real, of course, they caused harm, they did things, but this little shift that has to happen in order for someone to really fully step into healing means, like, I'm no longer going to just continue to blame what I'm experiencing on what other people have done and what other people have chosen. Like, I can start to really put my hands on the steering wheel of my life and start to make some choices there. Oh, yeah. I've come to appreciate maybe that piece most about mm-hmm. the work that I get to do. It's all about self-responsibility. And I think, you know, it's no surprise to any of us who've been on this growth journey, the only one that we can change is ourselves. And yeah. so to really recognize what is it that I can do in this very difficult situation where I'd like this person to change and this person to acknowledge, let's just let all that fall away and we step into what we need to do for ourselves in any given moment. Beautiful. On that note, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to start to get into some of the nitty gritty of that. So we've made the decision. We've made the choice. I'm taking ownership of my life. And I want to start to break free of these emotional patterns. Um, Maybe I want to make sure I don't actually marry my dad (laughs) or my mother or my who other like because this is like for me, what I love about what you bring to the table is how this shows up in our relationships in the present day. That's so, so critical. So let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. Are you ready to take charge of your brain and kick PTSD to the curb? Then check out my 28-day boot camp for the brain, five foundations for healing your nervous system. This is a self-study virtual program for survivors of sexual abuse that blends cutting-edge neuroscience and kick-ass brain-boosting exercises, all expertly designed to teach you in a down-to-earth way the fundamentals for retraining the brain healing the nervous system, and feeling in charge of your life again. And right now, you can get this program for a limited time at $47, $50 off the usual price. 
I also have a pay what you can program, so nothing should hold you back and stop you from taking advantage of this beautiful course that's been wonderfully designed to focus on healing you from the inside out, starting with the brain and nervous system. Go to rachelgrantcoaching.com slash bootcamp to get started today. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, everyone, here with Johanna Lynn, and we are just digging into this wonderful, amazing topic of how our parents' shit is our shit until it's not, <laughs> right? Until it's not. And I want to hear you, um, I just want to give you some space here to really share with us in the work that you've done over the years, what have you found to be some of the most effective ways to really break free from the emotional patterns that we inherit from our families? Well, my first step when I work with clients is to build a three-generation geneogram so I can really start to track what is going on today and how it connects with the larger family system. And for those listeners who don't really know what the heck is a geneogram, it's kind of like scripting out a family tree beyond, you know, Aunt Brenda had this issue and Uncle Willie over here, mm. more from the relational patterns. We want to start to look at where did love stop flowing and why? What was behind that? Mm. So my curiosity is what's behind mom's criticism or what's behind dad being quick to anger or numbing with alcohol? And so if we step back and really look at our family, really being all about love and then where it gets blocked, where it gets tangled up, and then how that finds a way to live itself out in our marriages and our parenting yeah. and even in our relationship with ourselves. Hmm. When you work with people who don't have a sense of their ancestry, how do you approach that? I've worked with many people who are adopted or just come from a family with, let's say, lots of secrets, you know, lots of things yes. that are just not talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I have to work back in the, backwards a little bit, a little bit of reverse engineering. So I've been trained in clinical hypnotherapy. An approach that I use is called the core language approach. So I'm really listening to the words my clients use to describe what's going on so that I can determine mm -hmm. what what's underneath that. So there are four ways that our life force gets diminished, four ways particularly that things start to be on repeat and they're, they're just not lifting. And one of that is called a break in the bond, a break mm -hmm. in attachment with mom. Did that happen in utero? Did mom um, struggle with mental illness when I'm, when I'm a young child? So even if we don't know the full facts or the history, we might know key pieces. And that's enough for me to begin to work with the deep dive work that we need to do. Amazing. I wonder if you could share with us a story, maybe as you've done this work for yourself, if you want to go there or with a client, maybe just taking us through the process of like, yeah, this is what we noticed going on here. And therefore, this was the patterning that was continuing to show up. And here's what we really did to shift that, to break that pattern. Yeah. Maybe I'll pick a more of a bit of a lighthearted case. Um, there was this remarkable woman that I worked with, and her challenge was trying to stop drinking pop. She drank so many cans of pop, her recycling bin would just be filled with, mm. you know, maybe like seven or eight a day. 
And so when she came to see me, she tried everything from just not drinking it to drinking diet to, you know, anything you can think that. of. All that, yeah. All right. that, it wasn't working. <laughs> and so no one had thought to ask about her family history. Mm. And she started to talk with me about how distant and disconnected her family was, even the siblings. Everybody was just sort of left to their own devices. And the only time it felt like a family conversations and laughter and having fun was one week a year when they'd go off on vacation and the kids would get to order fizzy drinks as a way of celebrating. Mm -hmm. And so this connection around what she thought of, I'm weak-minded, I'm addicted, I can't stop drinking all these, this pop, I'm embarrassed around my kids, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. sad about my own willpower. It really had to do with a loss of connection. And that feeling of, like, I can bring it all back just by opening Mm -hmm. this can of pop. And that's something. Oh, just to unravel that. And that's, it was one session to just know what it's about and to really commit to giving herself what she'd always wanted Mm -hmm. from her mom and dad. Amazing. I think the key piece is maybe our parents won't change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they may not change. How do we give ourselves that love and support we've been longing for? And so as she started to actually meet the actual need of like connection, nurturing, support, community, then this kind of coping strategy filler, it was really just a filler, the pop um, could go away, right? She could start to make different choices about what she was using to nourish her body and how to, how to meet that need. Yeah, totally get that. Amazing. Mm -hmm. One of the places where, um, there's this great book I'm forgetting the author um and I'm even going to forget the title hello y'all you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) getting getting the love you want okay there it is getting the love you want getting the love you want um what I really appreciate about that book and their approach is they are talking about how the models that we have seen we continue the wounds that we've experienced in our life we continue trying to sort out in our adult relationships and that can be friendships that can be at work it could be um, a sexual partner or lover Um, and that are in our relationships is where we're often seeing these patternings kind of showing up so when you're thinking about people who are really struggling in their relationships it might be a marriage it might be um, as a couple it might be just in general or with parenting like I know these are two big topics so let's take one at a time I suppose in relationships like, where does one begin when it comes to trying to really look into family history and think about how do I want to change the way that I am relating um, to others in the world? What do you find to be some really good questions or a starting point to explore that? The first starting point is to recognize that for all of us, mom is our first love. And she acts like a blueprint for how love goes forward from there. So if we have a really difficult relationship with our mom, it's like all the elements that represent motherly love from comfort, nurturance, and a sense of security can feel like it's missing in our lives, Mm. missing even in our partnerships. Mm -hmm. So we end up in this place of no matter how much we have or no matter how much is good in the relationship, we can't actually access those parts. And so, so much about what goes on in anyone's marriage has to do with each other's family of origin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just beginning, I love that the power of even just starting with the relationship to mom. Yeah. 
I'm using that as like the first lens to which to look at, like, what have you come to know and believe about love and nurturing and connection by way of that relationship, the pros and the cons of that. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, and even noticing and even in the pop client, she talked a lot about how much she leaned in to her spouse to give that time, attention, mm. care that she believed wasn't possible at all from mom or dad. Right. So to notice that's just the unconscious instinct. We just kind of hope that we we'll gain that, that from our loving partner. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it puts a lot of weight on the relationship. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of pressure to be somebody's, be responsible for somebody else's completeness <laughs> or just feeling good. Yeah. Totally. So we got to go back to the source so that our relationship has a chance to flourish. Yeah. I think what's also true in my own experience and what I see when working with my, a lot of my clients is when we have a wounding like that, where there's such a gap and we are too much looking to external to address that, it is like this bottomless well. Like no matter how much somebody else pours in, it's still, you're still never really going to be satiated because that underlying need hasn't really been named and addressed and worked through. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I know a lot of my parents um, come to me through the lens of, I don't want to pass down all this shit to my kids. I really want to model something better for them. And, and they're on the right track. I know because they're already aware that they are like, it starts with me. I can't just do some nice little different parenting techniques or strategies and that my kids will be all right. That it really has to do with the shifting of your DNA, the shifting of your sense of self, the shifting of your awareness and your mindset um, and mindfulness, when thinking about how you work with parents and, and where you start with them when they're really wanting to break, you know, create generational resilience instead of an ongoing generational trauma, where do you begin there? Well, I think for everything, it's really looking at it from that systemic lens. So sometimes mm-hmm. we have to take, you know, a hundred steps back to take yeah. in the full picture. And sometimes with parents, the first step, there's almost a, um, Well, there's such concern, you know, as a parent myself, of course, if there's something up with our child, we just want to get them the help they need straight away. And really the best thing that we can do is to look at the challenge with our child or the behavior that we're concerned about and notice, could this be, could their behavior be pointing to something unresolved in me or unresolved in there? Okay, y'all. Yeah, we better just repeat that. (laughs) A lot of parents just turn this podcast on. What? It's me? No, 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 no. Is their behavior pointing to something that's unresolved in me? Yeah. Y'all better or, that question. Or their dad, you know, or what yeah. goes on between the our people around. Yeah. Yeah. And so this piece that comes up pretty often when I work with these many of these moms that I'm thinking of cases are coming to mind where the child feels so needy, so relentless. It's just lie with me, be with me. It's, it feels so all-encompassing. And I guess, yeah, you know, that could be describing motherhood, but a little more than that. Yeah. And so if we sit with that, how much of your own little girl needs went unmet? Oh, my God. You know, how much of the yeah. time did you have to fall asleep on your own and maybe feel scared in the dark, but don't dare call out? And so, so much of our, why it might be so heavy or, or feel like such irritation is because it kind of rubs up against an unmet need inside of ourselves. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. 
we really need like another hour, I think, <laughs> to go fully into this. But I think we've given you all a good little teaser and snapshot of why this is so important and where to begin getting curious and, you know, beginning this inquiry so that you can be um, a change maker in your ancestral line. And I think that's something to be super inspired by and excited about. And for sure, if you want to dive into this deeper, then pop over to johannalyn.ca. I'll make sure that link is in our notes um, so you can connect there. And then you also have a, a women's group that I'd love you to share about and talk a little bit about so um, folks will know how they can get even further connected with you. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. It, it spans over three months, and we create a real container of support where we get together every other week and we dive into whoever is a participant, their challenges. So it's very personalized, and everything is really answered from this systemic lens that we've been talking about. So sometimes when we try to deal with it head on, we may not be seeing the full picture. And so that's what I like to bring, to really open our eyes, open our hearts, and get that love flowing again where it might have been you know turned off or, or tangled up awesome and so just pop over to her website and um, look for that information so you can get signed up and participate there and do you have any final words uh, for our listeners today I think one thing I'd love for them to take along is to think about ways they can be kind generous and compassionate with themselves so if you wanted that motherly, gentle love more as a little girl, what step could you do today to give that to yourself? Yeah, amazing. Oh, thank you once again for being here, for sharing your wisdom. Just so appreciate you. Um, and um, just I can't wait to see how things continue to unfold in your work. Uh, and I'm thinking I need to connect you with my friend who does generations, uh, does genealogy. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this could be really cool. But I just think it's such beautiful work. And the, the, the inspiration that you bring and the hope that you bring, that's so, so important. Because while we do inherit so much, we can change and evolve the inheritance that we pass on. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening and joining and tuning in. Uh, if you, as always, if you'd like to make a donation in support of the podcast, go to bit.ly slash beyond surviving podcast donation. All contributions will be applied towards funding scholarships, the running of donation-based and free programs, and making sure that those reaching out for support get what they need. And don't forget to visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to explore the other resources there. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a note, leave us a comment, and then come back next time because we have so much more to share. And until then, take good care of you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.